Hey y'all, this is Allie Spears, your host of the Ag Chicks podcast, where I cultivate connections with the women who are helping feed the world. Andrea is a fifth generation farmer and entrepreneur from Southwest Minnesota. She farms alongside her parents and husband. Their operation consists of commercial cow-calf, feedlot, and row crops. Andrea shares her story online to advocate for agriculture, stay open about her mental health, and hashtag keep it real daily to remind people not everything is as it seems on social media. Please help me welcome today's guest. You said it's hot in your part of the world today, huh? Yep, we are. We've had like a really mild July so far, um, and now it's showing up not mild anymore. So, I mean, like the Texas heat, it's nothing compared to you guys, but the humidity is showing up and they're talking like real fields of like 105 the next couple of days, which we haven't had real fields really above 90 yet. So it'll be kind of a shock to the system when you walk outside. Yeah. Well, that's hard on everything, right? Not only individuals, but livestock and everything. So uh, for you guys, when it gets like that, I know you have um, a unique kind of operation, which we'll get into in just a minute, uh, but obviously you're going to be taking precautions to try to make everything make sure everybody's cool uh, but like how does that change y'all's day-to-day kind of plan when it gets like that I mean we feed a little bit earlier just because okay. like and stuff um, you don't want to deal with them ruminating in the heat of the day so we just kind of move feeding up like an hour or two not really anything crazy we're kind of like <laughs> lazy-ish in the early summer because we go through like having season and then we're like oh we'll wait to feed till like 8 30 and you know, things like that. So we're actually like feeding outside by 7 a.m. right now just because it is going to get hot. It's not terrible yet today. It's kind of supposed to start ramping up. Um, and then we fixed our water problem. So we had some like lack of water flow coming from our rural water line. So we're hopefully, knock on wood, um, we should be much better this year than last year with constant water supply since we put in some underground water cisterny stuff um, to help with that. So hopefully the fats handle it fine because... We have some 1,500 pound heifers and steers on the yard right now, shipping out in a couple of weeks. So looking so, at them, nervous, but they're handling it better than I am so far. <laughs> Knock on wood in that department. So I know that kind of always amazes me too, right? You like internally and mentally, you're like worried about them, but they adapt and they are completely fine most of the time. So yeah. they're pretty, pretty hardy animals. Thank goodness. At the like slow ramp up, we did have like heat um, hit affect one of them way earlier this year because we went from like. 40 degrees to like 85 within a day and Mm -hmm. like it was the biggest one in the yard he did not handle it well (laughs) other than that like they say you need like a day or I don't know what it is like per degree increase and that was I mean it was one day and it was 45 degrees so oh yeah they struggled but yeah heat stress makes me like super paranoid and anxious all of the above like I don't sleep well I just worry and there's not a lot that like you can do once they start so Mm -hmm. it's more planning and hoping mother nature is not going to be super cruel when she goes into it so yeah hoping she uh, gives everybody a little bit of a break or at least an increase like you just said a little bit of a gradual <laughs> totally which it has but it's not like we went from like spring to August heat very fast and we need the heat to grow the corn so I'm not totally complaining it's just I don't like it so yeah yeah I hear you and then what have you in terms of like rainfall what is that looking like for you guys right now um, so last year we were really dry, so we kind of have, we were really like nervous going into it, especially with how dry we were last year with like the ground, um, like water moisture content, because so we built the barn last year and we put water lines in, in July and we got to water like three feet down. So mm-hmm. we were okay in July last year. I was like 4th of July weekend. By the time we actually put in water lines and more like 
drilling, et cetera, finishing stuff in October, we had to get to six feet and there still was no water. So we have very rich, like black dirt here. So if we have the moisture, even if it's dry, we're good to go for the most part for a season, just for, I mean, crops, pastures still struggle because pastures usually the lighter ground. But um, this year going into, you know, being behind on moisture, we were a little bit nervous. We kind of played defense with, you know, picking hybrids and stuff and pasture populations, just because if we were going to be dry, it was going to hit us really hard since two years in a row. Um, we've had some really timely rains for how crops are doing. Pastures are starting to look rough now just because it's been dry last year. And now they're trying to catch up. They're not cows are, I mean, calves are two months older than we had last year. Yeah. Um, I mean, really can't complain compared to a lot of people. If you go 10 miles south, they might not have really anything on their corn wow. plant. They just haven't gotten anything and they're burning up pretty bad. And you go north and it's not great. Uh, I think we're in like a D1 or D2 now classified, but not, I feel better than last year besides the fact that we were like kind of behind already going into the year. So yeah. the snow we got, it didn't help because it just blew around everywhere. Yeah. And you guys, you probably get like the full effect of a season, right? Of every season. I yeah. mean, yeah, I always feel like I like want like a true fall and then it just like doesn't happen. I think last year we went from like summer to winter like that. Like, I don't really remember having, like, the nice crisp fall day where you could, like, right. wear and you were happy. It was, like, I'm either hot, sweating, and a t-shirt, or I need, like, a coat on. That's yeah. what I, I remember. No I, chill. I was helping clean out a bin, and I was, like, I'm sweating. And the next day, I was freezing my butt off, just, like, running the auger. So, generally, we have every season. Winters can be, like, good or bad. This last mm-hmm. one brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then summer, obviously. We always feel summer usually, and then it's usually like a really wet spring or a really bad winter. So crazy, man. Minnesota though, so it is what it is. Right. <laughs> okay, but I wanted to kind of start at the beginning here with you. Um, I know you are eighth generation, correct? Fifth. Fifth. Sorry, I don't know where I got eighth. Fifth. Oh, my last guest was eighth was eighth generation. That's what it was. Um, Zoe Kent. Zoe Kent was eighth generation. Uh, fifth generation. So growing up, did you think or know you wanted to continue to be in agriculture or kind of what was that like for you? So my original plan for like literally since like they ask you in preschool and you like in front of everybody and they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And everyone's right. like an astronaut or like, you know, something cool. I was like, I'm going to be a cow vet. That's what I wanted, um, like, more than life. That's actually what I went to school for. So I went to South Dakota State, um, got my animal science, science specialization, pre-vet, aka way too much chemistry, biology, and physics, and things that don't really benefit me anymore in my life. I understand, like, how pharmaceutical things are made, but other than that, it doesn't do anything for me. Right. And I applied. I did not get in my first year, and I actually pulled my application the second year because I returned home to the family farm. Kind of like at my lowest low, um, not feeling great, feeling like everything I had worked for was just gone. Like I had no backup plan. I never did internships. All I did was study, work, and get like experience for my vet school application. So I didn't, you know, I didn't go look into other fields. So I was in feed sales for a little bit, figured out I'm not a feed sales person. That's not my uh, cold calling. It's not my jam. Not your thing. Three months later, I um, went full-time entrepreneur mode and farmed with my family. And that's, I mean, I never thought that I would farm to the full extent. I always figured I'd have like a cow-calf herd because I love cattle more than anything. But I did not see myself looking into like the crop side of things and like being on the farm every single day. So that's kind of been like a 
a whirlwind of things but yeah I was originally going to be in agriculture just more of like here's my cow herd making my dad take care of them while I'm in school and then practicing vet med somewhere focusing on cattle and repro because that was kind of my my happy place so and so when you had that like realization of oh this is not it I know you're very open about kind of mental health on social media um but turning point there like did you ever think you would be sharing on social media as like a part of what you do now so right when I so I applied fall of 2017 so that was my like third year of school I did my undergrad in three years like I was gonna go like you were to get it done like seven yeah. years better than eight right like one less year of debt one less year absolutely of um and I applied that fall I turned 21 at the same time so I lived really close to downtown Brookings and then the bars were there and it just like this whole effect um I got my first denial I got the second I got the third and my mental health went to trash because all of a sudden I was like I don't have a backup plan I don't have experience like who's gonna fight who's gonna hire me you know you have all those thoughts because mm -hmm. you're really spinning everywhere and I felt like a failure and every time I felt like I like processed it and like moved on I would go home find like a, an old church lady and she'd be like oh my god what school did you get into and I was like none of them yeah. like I agree go through it all the time um so I really lost myself that you know my last fall semester at school because you know I turned to alcohol I turned to I didn't work out as much anymore because I was choosing to cope by drinking and partying or you know just not taking care of myself and January 1st 2018 I'm not a New Year's resolution person but I finally was like you know what I need to draw a line in the sand and I restarted my fitness journey and I started sharing it online because I was like if I tell these people the 700 people back then that I'm gonna show up like I'm gonna feel like absolute crap if I don't show up so mm -hmm. I showed um so it was mainly just like fitness here's like what I'm eating this is what I'm doing you know as I'm navigating the challenges of like studying and jobs and you know taking care of myself and I go home on the weekend and I bought some cows that January after I didn't get in because I wanted to expand my herd I was like well might as well go spend thirty thousand dollars on some cows right right um, <laughs> why not have my dad from vet school to cattle what a what a great transition <laughs> I was like depressed super unwell so working out bought cows so I mean I was kind hey, of the best kind of medicine <laughs> my dad was like I'll co-sign it's fine I was like cool awesome if I get into this last school which I didn't think I was going to because it was Colorado State I was like you can take it over you can have my cows it'll be fine um newsflash I didn't get in <laughs> but I was I would go home during calving season and I'd share a little bit of that because it was you know what I was doing and I started creating the connection of people actually you know like back then Instagram was different like reels were anything even I think stories were like brand new and I had people that like found me on the explore page that I did not know personally because up to this point my platform was like classmates people I knew you know like people that you literally knew in your life it wasn't a whole bunch of randoms that found you through the explore page right. and people started asking like oh why are you like banding this calf like what are you doing what shots are they getting why do they have a tag like little things here and there and I was like I thought this was common knowledge because that's what I grew up doing like for me it's an automatic just like I've literally known that since I was like two years old right mm -hmm. so I started figuring out the disconnect and I really liked educating about agriculture and I always kind of had that background with like 4-H and FFA but I never realized living in the Midwest how disconnected people that lived in rural communities you know and cities could be I knew it when I would go to like the state fair and like the Twin Cities because that's a whole different wild world of crazy right but I started creating those connections and started advocating more. 
and it's grown into where we are now but I didn't set out to do what I do at all like if you would ask me in 2017 I'd be like I'm not gonna show up I'm I'm an introvert like I'm not gonna post anything other than like a cute selfie or a picture of me and my friends and now here we are every now, single day. <laughs> yeah now it's a full-blown business right I mean yeah yeah what I do full time is I mean I love it because it's really an awkward question and we're like what do you do and I'm like well I literally farm every day and then I just like share that so like content creation but it's my life and right. sharing what I love more than anything in the world and that's I mean the fact that I get paid to do that and it's you know building our dreams is it's mind-boggling I don't even have the words for it I try all the time I'm like how did how did we end up from like super depressed unwell to literally doing what I love every single day right well and I think your page is so unique because you I mean and like obviously there's a ton of content creators out there who are showing their life like that's not something that's unique but the way you do it is unique because you highlight your love for fitness tied into agriculture and the mental health like it's literally like you and when you go through your page like you get a very instant kind of uh reaction or like painted picture of who you are and so I think you do a great job because <clears throat> excuse me you're very easy to relate to and like you know I'm watering the cows today or I'm feeding the cows or we're moving cows or we're weighing cows or like whatever the situation is and it's I think a unique uh thing because people see it as a relatable thing you know like maybe they don't have cattle or they're not involved in agriculture but they like working out so then they find that connection with you and then kind of the advocacy side of it can kind of take take on its own identity there. So um, I think your page is, is great because you highlight so different, so many different aspects, but they're all pieces of you. And I think sometimes in agriculture and through this whole world of social media, we think we can only show one thing or like talk about one thing, which is hard because like for me, I am extremely private. However, finding those boundaries of like, what do I wanna talk about? What do I wanna share? And then sharing one particular thing and thinking, oh shoot, like now I can't talk about this because that's the only thing I talk about now. So that was a rant. I'm sorry, but kind of. It relates because for the longest time, like when I started showing online and I started getting serious because when I started, it wasn't for a business. It was mm -hmm. just myself. It was like a creative outlet, um, which is probably one of my biggest challenges now is it wasn't a business. So I have to remind myself to treat it like a business, mm -hmm. but I'll like, have the creative outlet. Balance is a weird thing for me. But I like I would always hear like they're like you need to niche down you need to have like an exact brand and I was always putting myself in a box and that's mm -hmm. when I would feel you know out of alignment or I wouldn't want to show up or I'd feel burnt out all of those feelings where I want to share but I like sit down to post and I'm like I literally have nothing inside my brain right now even though there's 85 million things going on that I could share all the time so finally I was like I'm not letting like anyone on here tell me or like make me put myself in a box because the longest time I was like fitness and agriculture I don't know how they go together well mm -hmm. because mental health is other in an aspect and I made a promise to myself back in 2018 and even like throughout the years I was like I'm never going to be that account that somebody scrolls th scrolls by and makes them feel like crap about their life like I'm going to be a real human sharing the highs the lows all of it if they don't like it that's cool but there's so many accounts that when I was like in those really rough, hard years where you feel lost in your early 20s and even your teens that they make you feel so inferior. I just wanted to be like, I'm a regular human, mm -hmm. not like that. You know, I don't want to be put on a pedestal. I want people to actually feel like they can, you know, reach out in the DMs and I'm going to get back to you. It might take me a couple of days sometimes, but 
I'm not just gonna like be a fancy dancy influencer with a massive account yeah so yeah because that's relatable you know I was like I'm gonna be a regular human here's my messy chaotic hot mess life of everything happening all the time by ranchers for ranchers together let's make ranching easier Previously known as Cattle Back Box, Strayhorn has rebranded to better match their ability to push the envelope in creating innovative animal management products to serve the ranching community. Strayhorn is rooted in tradition and ranching legacy, but they believe in the opportunity of looking at things with a new perspective to drive the industry forward. Check out all of the things that Strayhorn has to offer you and your herd. Yeah, but I think that's what people relate to, and that's why you have done so well is because people see you for who you are and just a real person right <laughs> right that was the goal I'm glad that I'm doing it <laughs> but in addition to that like you are an entrepreneur like you have I feel like a lot going on outside of just you know being on your operation every day um so let's talk through some of that so in addition to your family's operation which you guys farm and then you also um do describe exactly what you guys do with cattle because I know but people are probably like, what does that even mean when the word comes out of your mouth? So talk us through that a little bit. Um, so we have row crops, so corn and soybeans. That was not my department for a very long time, but someone's going to know how to feed her cows. And it is part of our operation. If I right. take over, I have to understand it. So that's been a fun whirlwind. Um, and then we have the cow-calf piece, but we also have the feedlot. So we're kind of unique in that aspect because there's not a lot of people that do every single stage of like the beef industry. A lot of, you know, they'll raise cows or raise calves, have their cow-calf herd, sell the calves at weaning. We keep them the entire stage. So the calves are born here and they will leave our operation on a truck going to become beef and byproducts. So there's no like intermediate like phase essentially. So if you break down the industry, there's like cow-calf, backgrounding, et cetera, growing feedlot. It's literally all here for us. So we do every stage of that. Um, I share that because for a long time I was like, nobody's promoting the feedlot life because it can get a bad rap, but it's really, it's really amazing actually. Mm -hmm. Um, we're not a massive like operation, but I still think it's easy to share and great to share to show kind of what goes on. Um, and I do love promoting like the farmer feeder because it's not as common as it used to be. Yeah. It hurts my soul a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's mainly it. And we do like we do confinement cows now, so that's also a new avenue. Um, we don't have a lot of pasture around here, so we tripled the herd in the last year by oh. building a barn. So we have cows that stay in a barn pretty much year-round versus going out to pasture, um, doing some shorter-term, like, older cows in that. Um, and then, obviously, like, regular cow-calf out on pasture as well. So that's kind of, like, the operation side of things. Yeah, it's kind of a lot, but... Yeah. Well, and I think, again, like you just said, you're... Uh kind of the way you guys do things is different because a lot of people don't do um they're just like in one aspect of the beef industry you guys have like the full kind of circle there um which is cool and it's cool to share about that because I would agree like feedlot stuff I don't know very much about and that was um when I went to the NCBA trailblazing meeting not too long ago in Colorado we were all talking about like what are our weaknesses as an industry and like unanimously we were like we don't know anything about the feedlot industry. And so the fact that you can share about that is really, uh, really cool. But then in addition to that, you also have uh, a um, fitness line as well, right? So tell us a little bit about that. 
So um, during COVID, so I used to be a health coach. Um, that was like my main business for a very long time. Um, I got burnt out, so I had to kind of shift ways. But during that, I met my best friend. And we both like were driving through a blizzard up to the Twin Cities on a flight to go to Florida. It was great. Like four hours turned into like an eight hour drive. It was like white knuckle driving. If you've oh never God. been a blizzard and you can't see your front headlights, that's how bad it was. We're just like casually talking the whole way, such a Midwestern thing. And we're like, I've always had this dream to like start a business because every time I work out, everyone would be like, I used to wear like really fun clothes when I worked out and I wear like a cutoff and shorts and don't care. But they'd be like, where did you get like that workout set? Where did you get that sports bra? Where did you get that tank top? And I would always send them to like Amazon links or like this store or Fabletics or whatever it was. We were like, why don't we like create a brand, an online boutique that carries lots of options that one are affordable, high quality, and make you feel confident in your own skin because that's really kind of what our mission was. So Simply Empowered was born. We're actually on a little bit of a break right now because my co-pilot just had a baby. So we're letting her heal and navigate postpartum life. She had her baby on Friday. So it's very new, um, her second one. So we kind of closed down for two weeks, which is the beauty of a small business mm -hmm. is what's our dreams. It's flexible um so we actually live like an hour and 15 from each other but it's an excuse for us to stay connected because she's not an agriculture at all she's okay. um, an ex-teacher all that stuff so it's a connection that we have that's not like something we both do every single day now that I stepped away from um the coaching world but that's kind of our mission and it's kind of just like a fun little it's easy to share because I wear the clothes every single day yeah and we made our mission to bring stuff that like was affordable, high quality, and gives you that confidence boost versus buying some random brand and not actually loving what you have. If we get something in we don't love, we're just gonna not not carry it because it's not worth it for us. So yeah, very cool. Very, very cool. I think um, that when you can find parts of your business that complement other parts, I think that's when like real entrepreneurial success happens. And so uh, the fact that you guys are able to do that in complement to obviously your lifestyles, because that's huge. It has to work with your life, but then also kind of the different passions that you have um, is very cool. So that is awesome. And then you are also now I'm, I don't know the full details, so you're going to have to walk me through this, but are you also doing mastermind coaching now or like what? Okay. So Hit I'm me with all the details. Extremely multi-passionate. So like I, when I, started I can't focus on one thing. It's yeah, it's bad. And I'm like, oh, here's a new avenue. Like if there's a way for me to have like a stream of income to support like the farm and the expanding and like goals I have, because that's who I am as a person on Enneagram 8. Like I'm always minded about business stuff. I think I was meant to be an entrepreneur times like 10, to be honest. I call uh, myself a serial entrepreneur. Like it's just always happening. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And I was like, here's a new business idea. And my husband's like, good golly woman, like take a break. I'm like, okay. Um, I've also had to hire people to help me now because I am an Enneagram eight. So I do 80% and then I like stop and then it's a hot mess. So I started monetizing social media a long time ago, really got into like brand partnerships and building, you know, a pretty substantial income from sharing what I love every single day. And that is such a gift, especially in the agriculture world when prices and inflation and everything is hitting and you're unsure of what's going on and corn is dropping 40 cents in a day. And you're like, and the cattle markets are crazy right now but you're like yeah. when it, when's it going to shift right like we're getting bids for a dollar 80 for fats right now which is great but it's not always going to be like that um and land is really expensive around here and I'm trying to get into it and all that stuff so having that source of income that is something that's like locked in with brand partnerships or 
you know, whatever you're doing is a blessing. And I was like, I want to help more people do that because it's changed my life. And it's very, usually pretty flexible with like your schedule. So I kind of focus on things in like the off seasons a little bit and navigate all of it. So I started mastermind and one-on-one coaching to help people with either monetizing social or their current business, kind of like talk through ideas, battle those limiting beliefs, navigate it, learn about it in general. Like in these, my mastermind, I have women that have not posted since like 2017. It's a picture of their kids and I have women who are better at posting than I am. So yeah. I have big range but we're kind of like focusing on their goals helping them fine-tune things get into the habit so they can monetize and have that extra source of income whether it's a thousand dollars or you know fifty thousand dollars in a year because it's I mean we know life is expensive and supporting and farming and ranching and all that good stuff so that's a new thing um I've always had it like in the back of my mind for like a year that I wanted to and I finally got to like July and I was like you know what I just need to do it because I'm a big person that's like I need to feel ready mm-hmm. well I'm never gonna feel ready half exactly. the time so I just went for it and I had a lot of people ask me questions and like reaching out my dms and I was like you know what we're gonna we're just gonna do it right now yeah yeah it's been good we just kicked off this last week um I've had a few one-on-one calls um and it really like I love helping people navigate like the challenges they're going through or like mindset stuff because mm-hmm. I'd be the most negative minded person ever um and now like I can't stand negative-minded people because I've just flipped that switch. So, you know, helping them rewire that battle, limiting beliefs, all of the stuff is, it fills my cup a lot. So what else? I feel like I'm missing something else. That's not, I mean, I think that's it, to be honest, other than just like my general like merch and YouTube and all of the things that I do. I mean, yeah. You know, just a few things going on. Yeah. If you find a social media platform, I'm probably there. <laughs> Yeah. my goal at the end of the year to quit one of them because it's too much but we'll see and then too I mean we've talked a lot about obviously the agriculture side of it but the whole advocacy side as well has uh, kind of taken off for you in terms of like speaking engagements and all that is that something that you thought you would be doing no because so I mentioned earlier like I'm yeah. so like yeah. me showing up every day I don't know why it's so easy but it is like I just yeah. like when I'm like talking on my stories and I'm like if somebody shows up at the farm or like a sales rep shows up and I'm just like walking around with my phone like this I'm like I am such the most awkward person in the entire world um or like we were pouring concrete the other day and the like driver of the truck was like are you recording right now I was like yeah I'm making yeah. he like looked at me like I was weird and I was like well we're sharing right right um I never thought I'd like do the public speaking thing and I got asked to do my first one last year like by a little over a year ago and it was a smaller event and I just like I'm gonna go for it and it was Mm -hmm. a panel panel was a great way to like just start without having to feel like I had to prepare and just answer questions it was about beef advocacy so it was in my wheelhouse 100% figured out I really liked it did my first like big one-on-one type thing for 50 people had the nerves navigated it hired a coach to help me because I knew I needed to work on that a little bit and got serious with it but I definitely say no to things that don't like feel like they're in my wheelhouse mm-hmm. um especially if it's like talking about you know like fancy sustainability like that department I'm I used to feel like I had to talk about it but that's not where I'm the happiest I'm more happy about animal welfare and care and stuff so I've learned to say no to things versus saying yes to all of it but yeah I don't know if I'll ever like do it all the time but I yeah 
like a couple of them in a year just to speak about what actually lights my soul on fire. Otherwise, I'm just going to put it off and procrastinate and not perform well. So, yeah, well, you definitely I think there's so many opportunities when you are sharing on social media, like figuring out where exactly you fit into things and where you feel comfortable, I think is kind of hard at first, just because you're like, I want to take advantage of all opportunities possible, but yet I don't like this. So knowing right. when to say no is a very important skill to have. You know, everyone shares like, you know, cattle only responsible for 4% of greenhouse gas emissions or whatever. And I was like, okay, those posts do really well. And it's really easy to feel that pressure to like share that. Mm-hmm. One, it doesn't like, it doesn't light my soul on fire. Like I'll mention it because it's a big issue that we're facing, right? But I'm much more confident sharing of like what's actually like what I'm doing every single day, given them like that insider look into what's going on versus spewing facts 24 seven because it's just anybody can do that you know what I mean or yeah. if a google search if they find the right sites they can find I actually want to show them like vip look into what I'm doing every single mm-hmm. day what's going on so I've had to have some you know comparison thoughts and journaling and all of the self-work on that because it's easy to see hey like this post blew up for this person because they posted about sustainability maybe I should like get on that right I don't have to I can if I want but I want to stay like in my zone of excellence or whatever they call it yeah yeah and because you went to uh rural rooted right with Natalie and um that was you did the one in Texas though correct yeah I just went like last June yeah okay how what did you think like for me and my mom my mom went with me um because we have like two kind of businesses here um but I think it was like a launching pad into for us to think about like oh like this first of all what the ideas we have are good ideas and like they're valuable but also kind of what you said earlier like oh this is a business I need to treat it like a business so for you like what was your kind of experience coming away from that I always am interested to hear when people invest in education like what kind of comes out of that for them right so I have invested a lot over the last couple of years a lot of different courses based on like mindset or business um so Rotor was probably one of my like bigger ones in the last mm-hmm. while um so going into it like I already had a pretty good grasp on like social media and all of that stuff I wanted to like figure out brand partnerships just a little bit right. more on pricing and the, the nitty-gritty stuff um but for me I was in that transition where I was leaving the health coaching world so I was really like out of alignment, burnt out, did not knowing like which way I wanted to go deep down. I knew which way I wanted to go, but I needed that, that confidence push that community to believe in me. Yeah. So that's really what I got out of it is one, I met a lot of really incredible women and I got that like confidence boost and push to just like rip the bandaid off and go for it. But even just like the resources, the book, you know, having all of that, but a lot of it was probably just the confidence and community more than anything, to be honest. So, Yeah. As uh, as we're kind of wrapping up here today, I do want to get your thoughts or like advice on what you might tell somebody either wanting to become involved in agriculture or wanting to share online. Like what would be your biggest piece of advice for them to start doing so? Um, biggest piece of advice. I'm going to be so I can narrow it down to one. I'm gonna <laughs> two answers when somebody asks me a question like this. Um, I would say, and this is all going to depend on like your personality type, but for me and for a lot of people in general, it's really easy to want to wait until you feel like you have it all figured out. Yeah. You just have to start. And it's going to be ugly. It's going to be a hot mess, most likely. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to like 
feel like you're doing everything wrong. You just have to like start and just keep taking steps forward every single day as you're sharing. You don't have to be perfect. I'm not perfect. Like there's weeks where I post every single day and I'm like, yeah, there's weeks that I post twice and I'm just like not in it. Right. Um, so give yourself grace, but just start that goes with sharing, but also in ag, start getting experiences, start asking questions, like go to different, you know, educational opportunities, get a job, you know, do your research, just start somewhere. It's really easy to want to wait till you literally know everything. You're never going to know everything ever. I still learn every single day. I'm like, which I love learning. So for me, it's easy, but yeah, learning with props. I was like, I got to ask a lot of questions. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> about cows like, tell you everything gotta However, figure some stuff out here <laughs> I know nothing about props <laughs> so no I think that's great advice and uh I can relate to you on the fact that like I like everything to be perfect before I even like share the thought with someone um but I when you start things when you're not quite ready sometimes that's the uh, like a better process because then at some point you can stop and look back and think like wow like what an evolution has that has occurred here and see like the whole entire growth process, which is kind of cool too. So fantastic advice. Uh, So Andrea, as we kind of finish up here today, I will post your um, kind of links and stuff in the show notes, but what are some ways for people to get in touch with you if they are wanting to reach out and chat? So if you go to any social media platform, you can find me as That Fit Advocate. I literally am on all of them. Maybe if you want, listen to this in 2024, maybe I won't be on every single one. That's my goal, like I said. Uh, my website is just thatfitadvocate.com. If you want to reach out via email, it's linked on my Instagram and all of my platforms. If I don't respond to DM, just shoot me an email. Otherwise, my home base is usually Instagram and kind of YouTube now, but DMs are open, emails are open you can shoot me a comment and I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll go answer your DM right away. Don't ever be afraid to reach out. Cause like I said, I might have 40,000 followers now, but I still feel like I have 500. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time uh, to come chat with me. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to see uh, all the incredible, all the, of the incredible things that you're doing continue uh, to, to kind of grow for you. So can't wait to watch. Heck yeah. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Ag Chicks. Don't forget to follow along on social media at Ag Chicks for more agricultural related content. And also be sure to check out your favorite podcast here from www.agchicks.net. We'll see you next time.